Hello, hello, and welcome back to Heart, Soul, and Roots. My name is Tiffany Durr, and with me, I have the lovely Nicole. And Nicole, we have a special guest. Yes, we do. Hello, Tiffany. So I'm really excited today to introduce a very, a very longtime friend of mine. Um, We met when we were at university and um, I've been watching her amazing journey, especially entrepreneurial journey over the past few years. And more recently, the excitement of leading, leaving social media behind and starting, starting a whole new project without social media. So welcome, Rebecca Caution. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> It's great to have you here. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited to hear to hear more. But um, first, let's talk a little bit about how you guys met at university. Yeah, we met at university in a town called Brighton in the south of England, which is a very cool town. Um, and we worked at a pub together, didn't we, Beck? <laughs> we did. We did indeed. Yes, we met at a pub, and for some reason, I can't. I don't know quite how it happened, but. Nicole ended up at my front door with a sunflower. I remember that. Oh, did I? I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I invited you for dinner because we were like, well, we're working on the same days, so we can just have dinner together and then we'll go off to work at the pub. And I just remember Nicole turning up at my door with a massive sunflower. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's quite unusual. I like her. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you know, there's nothing really that unusual. I probably just, maybe the people I mixed with previously just weren't, weren't that pleasant. You know, turn up at someone's house with a flower, there's nothing unusual about that really. Depends on who you're hanging out with, I suppose. Yeah, I think I was relatively unusual or not, not maybe not just like the norm. Do you know what I mean? Open. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People aren't. People don't tend to be that open at university without copious amounts of, um, you know, uh, alcohol, <laughs> <Yes>. etc. <cetera. Yes. laughs> A little liquid courage. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's been it's been quite what twenty years, which is which is sounds like a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess maybe, maybe a little, yeah, yeah, must be about them. Hmm, it, it, yeah. it sounds like a lot and is a lot. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is definitely. So on one of our episodes, we were talking, Tiffany, I think we were talking about weddings and our weddings. And I remember mentioning two of my favorite weddings that I ever went to. Rebecca's wedding is one of those weddings. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Why was it one of your favorites? Because it was just awesome. It was it was small. It was homemade. It was really lovely. I think I remember telling you they didn't have a DJ. I think Beck didn't you hadn't you spent like months and months just sorting out your playlist and there was just a yeah. there was just a laptop attached to speakers and it was just really it was such a nice homely event. Yeah, the playlist was the best. Th- the thing <laughs> I enjoyed most about the whole day. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, let's not talk about that, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, after after the, the actual ceremony, they'd left the lyrics to, um, which song was it? It was a Beatles song. Uh, I can't remember. What, what what had we done? You'd left the lyrics to a Beatles song on everybody's, on everybody's chair. Oh yeah, because we got ceremony, you to sing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And everybody stood up and, and it was a bit like a scene out of Love Actually. Everybody stood up and sang this. <laughs> It was eight days a week. Oh, 
boy. Nice. <laughs> it was very cool. It was very cool. So um, yeah. So and so Beck has has uh, Rebecca's got two children, two two young young children. They're still young. Would you still consider them young? Yeah, I would say so. They're four <laughs> and seven. Yes. Oh yeah, that's young. <laughs> we can yeah. officially categorize that as young. Yeah, they're yeah. not getting jobs yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, yeah, so te- why don't you tell us a bit about your kind of entrepreneurial journey as a as a mum? You know, sort of maybe yeah, tell us a bit about your your journey, and and we'll then we'll get into what you're doing now in terms of the breathwork and hush club. Okay. That's a, a broad uh, question. Yes. So, <laughs> so um, let me tell you uh, what I do. Um, so I'm a business coach and breath worker. Um, well, I, yeah, a breath worker. I use various modalities in my in my coaching practice, um, and I I basically help um, founders and leaders and different thinkers to reach their next level of success uh, by embracing and leveraging their uniqueness. Um, And I guess, how did that start? Is that what you're asking me? Um, Yeah, that that would probably be the more refined (laughs) question, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a, a, oh, it's a meandering, uh, it's a meandering tale. So I, before I had children, I worked in project management in um, design and innovation agencies. And I really enjoyed my work. I enjoyed working in agencies because it was incredibly varied, um, quite stressful, I guess, but highly creative and highly creative environments often are a bit stressful because, you know, it's almost, you're, you're kind of, you're trying to make or you're making order out of chaos when you're working with creatives and trying to mm-hmm. um, manage their process. And, and creating really, on demand, that must be quite hard as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not, they're, they're cre- yes, creating on demand, but yeah, so it's navigating, you know, it's, it's um, following a process, mm. but within that, finding space for creativity it's interesting actually you, I'll, I'll go off and meander now um I was talking to somebody who I used to work with this week um about what happened during the pandemic in terms of people who are working in creative agencies because a part of me expects that that kind of um shift from working in a studio where all the designers, you know, would constantly have earphones on because they're trying to create this kind of space for themselves to actually be creative. And then obviously they all actually got the opportunity to work from home. And I would be really interested to hear about how that affected people's creativity. I imagine it was really positive, but a lot of agencies are quite, um, you know, old school in their belief that people kind of have to be present you know at their desks as lots of industries are anyhow um so that's what I used to do then I had children and essentially the nature of agency um culture is not really fitting for somebody who has children or has a family and wants to be fairly present 
um, mm. for for their family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually ended up kind of demoting myself in a way so that I could have the flexibility that I desired in my life. Um, and ultimately that, that kind of just didn't work out for me. Um, I, after having my children, I didn't last that long. And then I, um, decided that I was going to start my own business. Mm -hmm. Um, which I did, uh, I was actually doing something completely different at the beginning, which now just seems utterly bonkers to, um, (laughs) to, to, to realize, but yeah, so I started off and I was doing like professional, professional organization and decluttering. Um, that again, did not last long. Um, and I, I was at the same time training to be a coach. Uh, I loved that. And, um, I started out coaching mums who were in a similar situation to me. Uh, and that, um, that niche, if you like, I don't really like the word niche, but I'm using it. Um, that has kind of evolved over time so that now I find myself um, really drawing on my previous experience, my commercial experience, um, in account management, client management, uh, project management, and um, coaching people on their businesses. But I would say that the way I coach people is it's very holistic because especially when people have families, but even if they don't have families, even if they just value other things in their life outside of work, fancy that, shocker. Um, that my approach to coaching is that kind of taking that zoomed out view of it. Not, I'm, I'm not a, um, I'm not a purely goals results focused, um, coach. I think mm. that that approach to coaching is fairly 1980s, but don't, mm. don't tell, don't tell the other business coaches. I said that <laughs> um, secret safe here on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, go no further than our listeners. There's totally like goals are important. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like goals are important, but we need to also be able to let go of the goals um, a little bit. Um, Yeah. Okay. Is that enough? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. That's great. (laughs) Okay. So, so how was that experience? Did you feel pushed out or did you feel it was your choice to to leave the workforce after you had kids it's it's a good question interesting one to reflect on because I remember feeling at the time I felt uh, that um you know classic victim um mindset of like there isn't really any other choice and it was my choice in that I did not push for find I didn't even ask to find um to to kind of find um a situation like an alteration to my existing contract that would have been more flexible because I just I knew the culture and I kind of knew it was going to be a fight that I probably wasn't going to win um and so I I kind of just accepted that and requested what I thought I wanted it didn't work out um, it was boring and awful. Uh, but so did I feel pushed out? Yeah, there was definitely a time where I did, but I didn't, I didn't feel pushed out by my 
um, employers, I felt pushed out by society, if you like. I, I felt pushed mm-hmm. out by the fact that, you know, there's this, um, that we're in this kind of transitional time whereby um, women are told, you know, they've got all this opportunity, but of course the infrastructure is not in place to actually support that. Right. Um, and actually, that's something I was I was talking about the other day, just how I went to a really good school. I was uh, I was quite academic and I went to a really good girls school. Um, and I guess when was I there? Kind of this was in the, you know, the, in the 90s, right? The, the, the latter part of the 90s. I don't know, mid 90s, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I went to a really good school where it was very much drummed into you that you could do whatever you wanted. Like the world mm. is your oyster. You're super smart. You can do whatever you want. What I remember the head teacher used to say, um, the school's called Newstead, that she used to say, Newstead girls don't, do, Newstead girls aren't secretaries. They have secretaries. Okay. Oh, <laughs> nice. Which, which gives I you going to a school like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the point is, so this is what this was the narrative you know that I grew up with and so when you get out into the actual world and sort of realize hold on a minute like this is not the case it's not actually the case it's kind of a shocker because you are just like what hold on a second like I've been told I've been told this thing and this is not true um and that's something I felt that's something I really held on to you know so whilst I didn't blame my employer and I was very much uh, of the of the opinion you know I hadn't approached I hadn't approached them for what for something different so I, I got everything I wanted but then it didn't work out it didn't work out for me and it didn't work out for them either um there's no sort of bad feeling to them but I did have bad feeling to you know towards the the world we live in whereby this is the situation yeah mm. whereby it does sort of for you know the motherhood penalty essentially it's real let me sign it up like that yeah mm-hmm. so then did you just kind of find yourself like okay well I got to figure something out <laughs> oh yeah no sorry I I didn't um answer your question properly so I weirdly I so I went back to work I was working in a different agency by then um after having my daughter and I I think (laughs) for the first week I was kind of like oh yeah it's great you know I'm enjoying it I'm enjoying kind of going in and doing something different and etc etc and then I was very quickly of the opinion that I could not carry this on and I was going to start my own business Mm. Um, and so as I was kind of thinking about that and what that was going to look like and had to come up with this idea and um, was exploring that um, around that time I was also applying for this coach training um, program that I'd seen which was in the area um, of where I worked and it it was as serendipitous as this um, that the the coach training um, program was run by this organization that I really liked because they offered um, they did kind of like bursary places and it was a much more diverse um, clientele than lots of other coach um, programs because it was it was quite accessible 
lots of kind of um, charities and um, public services sent people there for their coach training. So it was very varied and they worked in like schools and prisons. I really liked um, the ethos. Mm. Wow. So I sent, I, I sent off this application to them. And I'm fairly sure that it was the same day that I sent off the application, I got told I was being made redundant from my agency job. So I went straight back on this email and said, oh, and by the way, I'm being made redundant. So if you'd like to offer me a bursary place, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, which, which they did. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> yeah. So that was, um, it was kind of serendipitous. So it was a little bit of both really you know it was a it was almost like I'd planted the seed um Mm -hmm. and then and then you know I was pushed before I could jump yeah Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yes so I'm really curious so I want to fast forward I want to know I want to dig into what you're doing now um I am really curious I'm curious about two things first of all what is Hush Club and second of all how are you doing it without social media? Because that's yes. one thing that kind of gets drilled into you as a business owner that you have to use social media. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have to be transparent up front and say, so I I got rid of my Instagram and, um, and Facebook uh, accounts uh, at the beginning of November last year. Mm-hmm. And I'd been building an audience on there since about, early 2019 so you know I did have some audience and I had in the year before and maybe even a bit longer all the time sort of sporadically um very sporadically been guiding people onto my mailing list so I have a uh what's the word a um modest (laughs) a very modest mailing list and I really enjoy email and that is my focus um Mm. I like writing and I am still on LinkedIn, but I don't see LinkedIn as a social media personally. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, so I'm in those places. So that's that kind of transparency uh, around that social media thing. Um, but I, I, I massively, um, yeah, I sort of, uh, I don't reject the idea. I think, I think it's probably quite challenging to start from scratch without using social media and social media has so many benefits. And I think, you know, it's really about what, what are the right channels for your business, for who Mm. your ideal client is, but also, and this is probably the biggest ethos behind my, um, my kind of business coaching it's got to also feel right for you. Yeah. You need to show up in the way that you need to. So there's a, there's a fine balance to be had. Um, So let me talk to you about Hush Club. Hush Club is um, a membership community um, for people who really want to quieten down, shut out the noise, stop the mental chatter, um, rest rest their minds and bodies and what I offer in there is um is breath work so that's how we're we're calming ourselves and coming to realizations coming to know ourselves on a deep level through the power of breath work and it's so it's a community space um and we do lots of breath work in there I'm trying to I'm I'm facilitating the um the development 
of mm. a regular breathwork practice because it's been so transformative for me in my life. So for those of so for the listeners out there that don't know what breathwork is, what, yeah. can you explain a little bit more about that? Mm. Okay. So breathwork is um, it's essentially an active meditation. So mm. it's a it's a type of meditation whereby you're focusing on your breath. Mm. And with a with an explanation that simple, um, and it really is that simple, it's <laughs> it's it's intentional breathing. So there yeah. are hundreds, maybe even more, um, there are hundreds of different techniques of breath work. Mm. Um, the type that we, and I, I teach tons of different types within the community, but mm. the type that we are doing on a weekly basis is a sort of a more intense uh, technique called conscious connected breathing, where mm. you are taking in large amounts of oxygen uh, for an extended period of time, about half an hour, um, accompanied with music. So it, mm. it, that and and we're often breathing along to a uh, to a to a theme. So you're being taken on um, a kind of evocative journey. Um, yeah. in the breath work which is why it, it's facilitated there's you know there's so many different types of breath work which you can practice by yourself at home um and actually i think that's that's an an amazing practice um yeah that's essentially does that answer your question yeah yeah and i've got to say because obviously i i've i've been coming to i've been coming yes. to some of your your breath work workshops mm. and and i do love them and your your taste in music is fabulous honestly like, <laughs> there was one there was one uh that I downloaded I downloaded her album and I can't stop listening to it um Alexia what's her name Alexia something or other. Oh, I can't remember her name but it's the um oh yeah I can't remember I can't remember the power is here now I think is the name yeah, of the song yeah it is and I, yeah. I, I downloaded a couple of her albums onto i iMusic or Apple Music whatever it is and and really amazing like really really lovely music and you just seem you I mean you've always had great taste in music going back going back to your playlist for your wedding and it, just, <laughs> it just seems to flow flow straight into this as well so I yeah. mean the playlist for my wedding was supremely cheesy and actually I have been <laughs> I have been known to go a little bit cheesy at the end of my breath works but I do really enjoy the process of um crafting the playlists because yeah and actually that's mostly like I I will decide on the theme and then the next thing I will do after I decide on the theme is I do the playlist before I write yeah. the content. Um, yeah. So the, the playlist really kind of guides the experience. Um, yeah. That's why it's, it's, it's actually, as a creative process, it's really, um, mm. it is really enjoyable. Um, yeah. And, and keeps you on your toes because you've got to keep, you know, got to keep up with the, uh, the good playlists. Yeah. <laughs> got to keep going. Yeah. But the music ends up being such an integral part of the experience. I don't know if, if all breathwork practitioners use music as such a, you know, such an important part of the process, but but it really does end up becoming um, so integral to, to the journey that you end up going on. Yes. And I would say it's a, so in a way it's also because the facilitation of breathwork is you know in the same way that coaching is you know it's an energetic container if you like so mm. the person delivering the 
uh, breathwork, it, 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 they are they're, they're holding this space for you, and you know, mm. framing what they want you to feel via their selection of music. Mm. Um, and I know this, I guess, because when I was training, you know, I've done lots of different one-on-one and group breath works with different people. And sometimes you'll do a breath work with a facilitator, you know, and it just doesn't, it doesn't land for you in the same way. Mm. Um, it's, it's quite, it's quite interesting. Um, but, and actually in, in regard to that, there are many different, um, you know, there are many different breathwork techniques. There are many different breathwork schools. Mm. There are some breathworkers who I would say take a more, uh, maybe a more masculine approach to kind of the music they, you know, you can go to some breathworks and it's very, it's like pumping, you know, music that's not like spinning like a spinning class or something yeah because because sometimes people want you to you know they want you to have big releases some some Mm. sometimes people are eager to get the big um you know life-changing like Mm. big release experience I, I personally think that's a little bit egoic but um (laughs) you know because it's not really um we're not in control of the experience that someone has really but beyond obviously the the choice of music the choice of music does uh encourage the journey yeah 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 and I I suppose you know as you were saying you might you you might not respond as well to a different breathwork practitioner I guess that's the same as you know a meditation teacher or or any other kind of facilitator or something you know you'll 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 resonate with yeah yeah, with with whoever. Um, and actually, we had on as a guest somebody that you know quite well, Andre Berry. Do you remember ah. with, um, Andre on? I love Andre. I think it's hard not to love Andre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when I met Andre. Um, actually, see, he wouldn't even remember this because I didn't meet him. I just saw him across a crowded room. <laughs> <laughs> I so when I when I um, learned um, TM uh, at the end of my training course, they kind of opened up the room to um, people who practiced TM, and I just remember like loads of people walked in, but I just very clearly remember Andre walking in and him just radiating this, mm. you know, absolute like bliss. He's such a good ad for TM. It's just like, I want to, you know, like what, what's he doing? What's he, what's he got? Because he is like radiating love. Um, Mm. Yeah. Love Andre. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And for our listeners that might not remember what TM is, can you tell us what TM is? Yeah. So TM is, uh, it stands for transcendental meditation. Um, and that's, uh, it's a mantra based meditation, mm, right? Yeah. So, um, which you're encouraged to do twice a day for 20 minutes. Um, and you get mm. given a person, your, your own personal, um, mantra. So it, it similar, I used to, I used to do TM a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's like your, so your focus is a mantra that you're repeating in your mind, mm. if you like. And I guess similarly, uh, but not the same, breath work, instead of focusing on a mantra, you're focusing on a breath technique. Mm. Yeah. But both, 
both great and different forms of um, meditation. Yeah. yeah, that's a really great explanation. Thank you. Yeah. So just just popping back to the social media thing, because I think this is yeah. it is quite a, it is quite a big. I think it's quite a big deal, you know, and I and I and I know from from speaking to you, from reading your reading your newsletters and stuff, you know, it's it was a big like, you know, it's been a big kind of relief in a sense. <laughs> um, what are some of the benefits you you wrote about this in your latest newsletter? But what are some of the benefits that you've been personally experiencing from disconnecting from Facebook and Instagram? I mean, uh, I won't lie, it's it's been bloody brilliant. Um, I, I just have more space. I mean, there's more to it, I suppose, than me just quitting social media for marketing purposes. Mm. I've quit it. I'm not there personally anymore. And I, I, because I have previously, you know, taken breaks or whatever, Mm. I didn't want to do that anymore. So I deleted absolutely everything. So there's no, I can't go back. There's nothing there. Um, yeah. And something about that um, finality was important to me. Mm. Um, and yeah, so some of the benefits I've experienced, uh, yeah, alongside quitting social media, I also really wanted to um, use devices and technology more intentionally, just to be more intentional in my life as a whole, mm. really. Um, and so, in so, do, so so I've been more intentional in terms of you know where I access what um by yeah. that I mean you know I've taken loads of stuff off my phone I'm trying to not be on my phone I've got two children and I just don't want them seeing me attached to my phone all the time um and and so the benefits of that are I've had to I had to kind of make a conscious choice okay well when I feel the need to pick up my phone or whatever or ch- check something for no obvious reason because that's what happens to us all because we're <laughs> all addicted because they're designed to addict us yeah. um phones i i read i love reading i absolutely love reading i'm an avid reader was as a child always have been and so making that really conscious decision um has meant that i just I'm I'm filling up the space with other things I like to do. So I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I got a record player for Christmas. So, Ooh. which has made a difference because even that idea of you know, oh well, I'm just picking up my phone to put something on on Spotify to listen to music. Or no, I'm going to listen to music in an analog way. So there's another reason, like that. The, there's one less reason for me to pick up my phone. Yeah, that's made a difference to me. Mm. Um, yeah. So, and I would say in terms of, that sounds, these, these things sound tiny. Yeah. I've been writing every day as well. Like I journal every morning. Um, and so all of those things together, I would mm. say have just, and, and I'm moving more. I just, I, I'm being more considered, more intentional with my life. And it sounds ridiculous to say, but yeah, like taking this task out of my life that felt like from a business perspective that just felt just took so much out of me Mm. um has affected my personal life in you know in a positive way And, and I suppose the reason I've been talking about that in my newsletter is just to make the point that something that can seem really minor 
and trivial um but it but you know it's affecting you like mm. it's always worth noticing that because you know whatever anyone says and like business owners you know everyone just has this belief that you have to be in all these places you, you don't like it, it's a choice and there's always many ways to skin a cat yeah yeah so um so how if our listeners want to learn more about your work um or get in touch with you how do they do that obviously not on social media so um if people want to connect with me the best way to do that is by signing up to my mailing list my newsletter is called a word of caution you can go to um it's dot rebecca caution.com forward slash a word of caution or one word it's what's it's ips no no it's 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 dot rebecca caution.com forward slash a word of caution and a word of caution is is obviously a play on words because rebecca's surname is caution (laughs) yes rebecca caution thank you um, very clever I like yes, it yes isn't it clever she's very smart <laughs> <laughs> thank you awesome we'll also I'll make sure I get that in the show notes too so oh yes brilliant thank you yeah 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 um, and I suppose where else but people can I'm on LinkedIn so you know can okay, LinkedIn yeah. me up if you like not that I really do anything there <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, it is amazing. It's, it's amazing and liberating to see that, you know, because I think we talked about this a while back and I was telling you, I like social media and I just, you know, like I hate being on it all the time and, you know, mm. having to post on it and stuff. And now I very much step back and and only post really the, the podcasts and, and the occasional thing on there. Um, but don't engage. But it is amazing the amount of time you you, you can waste just scrolling and just you know doing meaningless shit on on social media or on your phones in you know your phone in general the amount of apps I went to look at some different gyms the other day and there was like two or three gyms that were like oh you download the app and I was like piss off with your sodding app I don't want another app (laughs) yeah I mean there's definitely ways to be intentional you know Mm. there are people who manage to do it Um, but I think the thing that I discovered for me was that, um, I just didn't want to be intentional on Instagram. Um, I just, I, and, and, you know, there was an ethical, there was kind of an ethical point for me as well in that I just, um, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't like them. I don't, I don't like Facebook. So, Mm. uh, it felt important to me, um, in that regard as well to just shut it down. I don't want to be there. I don't want to encourage other people to be there. So Mm. bye-bye. Fair play. Fair play. (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you so much for for joining us and for giving up your time to have a little chat with us and talk about Breathwork and Hush Club and and, and all these other wonderful things. And um, yeah, we'll hope to have you on again in the future with an update on how Hush Club and, and everything's going for you. Thank you. It's been great to chat to you both. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was lovely to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Heart, Soul and Roots podcast. Please like us on our social media, even though our dear friend is not going to be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, 
be sure to comment and share us with your friends and family. Thank you so much. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.